Hello, and welcome to the Illinois Realtors Weekly Podcast, keeping you up to date with all the latest news in the realtor world. I'm Jeremy, and uh, today, in case you've been living under a rock, everyone, you might have noticed that the Illinois Realtors 2024 Winter Business Meetings uh, have taken place last week, and they are now in the history books. So uh, it was an incredible week uh, filled with so much, so many things that people were doing, as you're about to hear. Um, uh, But if you couldn't attend or you weren't able to make every session, uh, you're going to want to go and check out the blog on our website. Uh, and right there, we've got a taste of pretty much every of the, all the keynote sessions and the uh, speaker sessions content. It's all right there on the blog. Make sure you go there if you missed anything. Um, but in this uh, specific episode of the podcast, we wanted to highlight some of the Illinois Realtors forums uh, that took place. So some of the ones that uh, featured our members or our staff um, really just highlight those for you um, as uh, there was some amazing information there. So uh, let's not delay any further. You don't want to hear me talk about this. You want to hear the session. So uh, here's a small sampling of some of the great content from our Illinois Realtors uh, forums. And we're going to start with a peek inside the legal update forum. Uh, so in this section, uh, legal hotline attorney Vicki Munson talks about some of the new laws that are taking effect in 2024. Uh, here we joined Vicki discussing the new law which uh, made immigration status a protected class under the Illinois Human Rights Act. And the biggest question I'll get is, well, what can and can't we ask for? Good question. You want to, you know, folks are applying for rentals and you want to verify that they are who they are. So, you know, I would stay away from asking specifically for any immigration type documents. I mentioned this earlier. So this would be asking for a copy of your visa, passport, green card, because it may bring up an allegation that, well, this landlord is asking for all of these type of documents. Now, they may be doing it saying, well, we just want to have a a proper photo ID or something along those lines. Um, But you want to be careful on how that's styled because somebody could say, well, they're going to be denying folks or reviewing these applications based solely on what their applicants' immigration status is, either real or perceived. So what about Social Security numbers? I've had that question come up as well. And some of these folks, these migrants or refugees, or um, they don't have a social security number. Now, if you're going to be flat out denying folks because they don't have a social security number, and those folks end up being in a protected class or has the effect of discriminating against a group in a protected class, you could have a problem here. Um, as a side note, I know it is possible for some of these folks to get ITIN numbers and also a limited purpose uh, driver's license. But I think you know, you're trying to make sure you've got proper identification for these folks or for these applicants so they are who they are. Um, you know, and, and I think it's okay to ask for identification, but be careful that it doesn't slide into any kind of request to determine if somebody is here and what their status is, etc. So if these folks that are applying say, well, I don't have a driver's license, but I do indeed have a passport or a green card or something along those lines. I think that's fine if they're offering it as a form of valid ID. Um, You know, some of these folks don't even have any kind of photo ID, and that's difficult. Um, You know, a lot of these uh, migrants or refugees are usually working with various organizations, charities, NGOs, Um, maybe reach out to those entities. They might be able to provide maybe a witness statement or an affidavit 
as um, to the identification of some of these applicants. So we're watching it closely. Um, we've reached out to the Illinois Human Rights Commission just to see if we can get some additional guidance for these folks so we can provide it to you folks um, on this. So we'll kind of stay on top of them. I think they've got a list of frequently asked questions, but they, I don't think they have the answers yet to those frequently asked questions. <laughs> so we've got to start um, on it. <laughs> But um, you know, it would be nice to get the other uh, piece of that puzzle. Um, so that's sort of where we're at with that. But it's, in, I mean, I'm not, I'm gonna, not gonna mince words, it's tough. It's, it's a tough one. So we don't have all the answers yet. We're working on it. All right, so uh, up next, let's take a listen to the Public Policy Forum. So this forum actually provides updates on housing, the real estate industry, and uh, top legislative issues that Illinois realtors uh, are going to be addressing here in 2024. So in this clip, uh, Public Policy Forum Chair Andy Velkme uh, asked Illinois Realtor CEO Jeff Baker about how Illinois Realtors' public policy is actually developed. How does public policy positioning really start for the association? Okay. So this is a question we get um, every now and then from um, people who are newer to association volunteerism, um, even from policymakers themselves, of how do we uh, formulate the decisions um, that ultimately direct the lobbyists um, or the conversations we're having on advocacy. And the first place to start is in an area that a lot of people don't even know exists. And that is our association's statement of policy positions. We actually have a document that is updated every single year um, that lays out on a whole host of basically every real estate-related subject you can think of. And it says what our general position is on those subjects. Um, they are written very generally, uh, and that's on purpose, because we do want to have flexibility. Um, not every piece of legislation or ordinance that we look at um, is written in a way that is dead on what's in our statement of policy. So it does have to be written generally so we can kind of adapt it um, on purpose. Like I said, it's updated every single year. Our board approves it uh, every single fall business meeting. Um, but on purpose, we don't dramatically change it every year. And that's because when you think about what the issues are, let's just use a really easy one, property taxes. Um, our general position on property taxes doesn't change, and it shouldn't. Um, so as a real estate-related uh, um, advocacy organization, um, that is our starting point, and the first place we uh, go to whenever we have an issue come to us and we decide where are we going to stand on that particular issue. Okay. So the statement of policy speaks mostly to general concepts and ideas. What happens if there's a specific proposal locally or statewide that we have to take a position on? Okay, so that gets us to the next stage of things is, like I said, you get an ordinance, uh, you get someone who proposes a piece of state legislation, and it's not written word for word of what's in our policy. So now we have to evaluate it and we have to say, okay, is this close to our statement of policy or how does it differ? So we start to evaluate it, and we can use lots of different tools for that, not just the statement of policy. We uh, have access to uh, a lot of already completed housing research, uh, some of which we have commissioned, some of which other organizations have commissioned. 
Um, if we don't have housing research and we feel like we need it, we can commission that. We have the resources to do that. We've done that multiple times, um, commissioning housing studies. A lot of you who've uh, served in leadership at the local level um, have seen some of our advocacy grants fund housing studies in your area in order to dig into a particular uh, policy area. Another resource we have is polling. Um, we can commission uh, consumer polling and we can do member polling. And neither of those two things are cheap. So we try to use those um, very deliberately. Um, it's also, polling is also a very, um, it's not, you know, there's always a hard time getting people to respond to polls. And that goes for both consumer and for member polls. Um, and so that's just a, it's a resource that we will use. Uh, we will lean on it now and then. It's just not one that is just kind of one of our automatic go-tos, both because of cost and because of reliability in terms of uh, sample size. Another important uh, part of that evaluation analysis is the local association itself uh, and the geography of that local association. And so what factors matter to those members? And so uh, a, a proposal in uh, the Chicago City Council may not get the exact same uh, degree or scope of response as it would get at, say, you know, the Belleville City Council. Um, it just depends on what the proposal is. It depends on what the housing situation is, what the economics are. But again, generally going, you know, starting from that statement of policy starting point, that uh, uh, starts to steer us. Um, like I said, we, can, uh, we also have access to uh, NAR resources on the housing research and the housing study side. So we have a, a pretty wide range of resources and tools that we can use that really start to shape um, some of the analysis. One other last point I don't want to leave out is sometimes it's just politics. Um, sometimes the politics matter um, where we feel pretty good on a policy, you know, where we stand on it. Um, but, you know, obviously in the world of lobbying, it's the world of compromise. And so if a particular piece of legislation is put forward, we don't like it. Um, we would prefer to try to kill it. But if someone like the Speaker of the House calls us and says, we'd really like you to find a way to, to make this happen, now we have to take a different kind of approach to it. Uh, we can't just go in and, and be super stubborn about it. And we have to at least try to be collaborative and cooperative in the negotiation process and say, okay, this is a bad idea, but maybe there's a way for us to make it better. So that's, you know, like I said, we've got that whole toolbox available to us um, and we can apply that to every idea that kind of comes in the front door. Okay. So when ideas are put forward, we have a range of options for how to evaluate them and decide where we stand. But we talk a lot about proactive advocacy. How does IR formulate policies that can actually fight for rather than against? Okay. So this is, um, this is for me personally, this is the fun part. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the value of this organization. And um, you guys have heard us say it, especially the last couple of years, um, we are bigger than, we're bigger than our membership. Uh, whether we are at 55, 50, 45, it doesn't matter the number of members we have. We have a lot of members. Uh, every single day what our organization does benefits those tens of thousands of members. But every single one of you and what we are all a part of is an organization that actually benefits every single person who lives in this state. If you live in this state as a renter or homeowner, you've benefited from the work that we've done. 
the work that all of you guys do. Well, everyone, we hope that you have enjoyed these uh, little sneak peek snippets of the uh, Illinois Realtor Forums from uh, the uh, Winter Business Meetings 2024. Again, if you were not able to attend or if there was one of these sections uh, or even any of the other sessions that you didn't get to go to while you were there, make sure you go to our blog on the Illinois Realtors website, www.illinoisrealtors.org, and you will find all of this, uh, including uh, rundowns of all of those sessions. So you make sure you get the key points to take away from that for you and your business here in 2024. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I want to once again thank all of you, our listeners, for joining us on the latest episode. As always, give us a rating and a review on your podcast app of choice. And if you want any more content from Illinois Realtors, simply search for Illinois Realtors on your favorite social media app. We will see you next week. 